welcome back to another edition of the Final Siren podcast. As we count down towards the 2020 AFL Women's Draft, I'm the host, Taylor Malky, and today we're chatting all things NAB League girls in the first of a two-part series. Before we get stuck into it, I'll welcome Draft Central Chief Editor Peter Williams to the podcast. Pete, hello, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Look uh, forward to getting stuck into it, really enjoying it. Now, we mentioned off the top that we it'll be a part of a two- it will be a two-part series, and that is because there are so many Victorian prospects available today. So today we will have a look at those Vic Country players who received invitations for the Victorian Combine ahead of the AFL Women's Draft on October 6th, which is coming up really quickly. One of the 43 Victorians who received that invitation is Bendigo Pioneers co-captain Brooke Hards, and she joins us on the podcast today. Brooke, thanks for joining us. No worries. Thank you for having me. So what's it been like? Um, what have you been up to? Um, just been up to, obviously, I'm in year 12 at Madura Senior College because I still live in Madura. Just trying to keep up with my work and um, not trying to get too far behind. So like you said, the draft combine is coming up very quickly, and it's, you know, in 20-something days. So just trying to keep my fitness up and keep a level head and not freak myself out too much. So with Brooke's help today, we're going to be dissecting the Vic Country players and giving the listeners a bit of an insight into some of the players and who put their hand up for selection at this year's draft. So as you just touched on there, Brooke, you're preparing, you've got year 12, you've got pretty much a, a pretty full-on schedule at the moment. Yeah, it is pretty full-on at the moment, but... I guess that's what happens when, you know, you get to this kind of stage of, you know, his sporting and all that. But um, the only thing I'm keeping in mind is take, you know, one day at a time and to not obviously freak yourself out over it because everything happens for a reason. And all, you know, congratulations, by the way, to all the other girls that have, you know, gotten picked to do the draft combine. Um, but, yeah, just taking one day at a time and just trying and do as much as I can each day. And, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you mentioned being in Mildura. So obviously, that has its own sort of, um, I guess, traveling, uh, I guess, obstacles over the years. Like what what kind of traveling do you do? Like, obviously, in season on a regular season, what's your kind of weekly schedule uh, for someone who has to travel from there down to games and, and training and things like that? Well, when I was actually playing um, netball, so back in 2017, I was actually still playing state netball. So I was doing traveling from some weekends, it might be footy. So if we're playing in Melbourne, I'd be traveling six hours. And then the next weekend, there might be a netball training and a football training. And then all up, I've done about, you know, dad obviously does the driving, done about 14 hours of just traveling in one weekend which was pretty big. But um, over the years, obviously, living from Wajura, it's always been up to four hours, up to six hours of just travelling back and from home. So if it's obviously up in Melbourne, it's 12 hours, just a road trip to play, you know, an hour game of football. But I guess that's the sacrifices that you take when you want to make it to the top league. And uh, the interesting fact is, like, playing netball. So, did you play netball um, even as soon as this year? Like, how, how – what's that – have you been playing it the whole way through, both sports? Um, so, I took a year off. So, I played netball in 2017, 2018. Didn't play last year. Took a year off of netball because I, when you kind of – I wanted to make sure I'm focusing on, you know, one sport at a time because, obviously, my body 
was getting a bit tired and um, worn out and I didn't want to, you know, do serious injuries. So I took a year off and then I was actually going to start it up again this year whilst playing footy, even though it was my last year in footy. Um, just to, I don't know, I found out like I had more fitness and I was more off on my toes when I was doing two sports. But it all catches up to you and dad gave me a lot of feedback saying, look, you, you really just need to knuckle down one sport and try it one sport and stop trying to multitask everything because you will be coming up to year 12 as well. So he gave me some really good advice and I took that on board. And yeah, so COVID happened. So not playing any sports this year, unfortunately. And I suppose what kind of prompted you to choose footy over, or over netball, I should say? Um, well... I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't really know. I think the big thing was that I was enjoying football at the time a lot more than netball. And I actually liked traveling away and having that free time away from Mildura because I was always stuck in Mildura, nowhere else and all that kind of stuff. So I was actually always looking forward to the footy games on the weekend, you know. And these girls that I barely knew that I actually become friends with down in Benigo and it was just good seeing them, you know, once a week at least. So that's probably my honest answer but I think netball I've played it since I was a young age and I was kind of just more excited to try something new and try a new experience and I mean working with those two sports at the same time I'm more interested to how you would play your netball considering how you play your football because a lot of the way that you play your football you can't play your netball that way so um, obviously like for anyone who doesn't know you pretty much average 10 tackles a game in footy so I mean, how do you sort of adapt that from playing footy to netball? Well, netball and football are two completely different sports. I must admit that, and I think everyone would know that. But um, there is a few times that instead of passing the netball, I would accidentally try and handball it for some silly reason. It's hard because, you know, two different sports. But the thing is, I don't know, the, the recovery as well that comes along with it, just to like, you know, sit back and just, focus on each game at a time so I might play netball Saturday afternoon get in the car drive four hours to the footy game and then play Sunday it's just more the recovery and just setting your mindset to get ready for that game and just to focus on the skills and the different skills that you will need to do but um yeah that's that's how I kind of just go along with it just recovery and just your mindset changes it all the time And in terms of balancing, you clearly there's no football this year, but in terms of balancing elements such as footy and schoolwork, how do you kind of cope with that? Because it's not easy. No, it's not easy at all. And Dad did give me the heads up saying, you know, get into year 12, because he was actually considering moving me down to Bendigo. So I had more of a chance to actually train with a group of girls because down in Maduro, you're only training with up to four girls. And that's including me. So it wasn't really much of like a massive training. Um, but I said to dad, like, obviously, I kind of need the family support down in Woodrow year 12 because I know how mentally it can get to you and emotionally can get to you because that can be pretty hard. But um, I don't know. Dad's the one that drives me. Push me and help me through it all. And even if I did have, a, you know, a breakdown from school and I'm, get nervous because of football or I just feel like tired out, he'll give me his honest, you know, opinion, say, look, just have a break for a couple of days and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's the way that you've got to handle it is just having that support around you and helping you make up decisions as well. Cause it's good to, you know, make up your own decisions, but sometimes you just need someone to just tell you one thing and then you just do it. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, last year, obviously, like with the the pioneers, there was the the huge improvement, I guess, throughout the season. Um, and uh, you know, you won won the best and fairest in probably the soonest best and fairest count I think anyone's ever seen after a season because it was the afternoon after the final game, pretty much, wasn't it? Um, so yeah, it was straight you know, after the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, I, I don't think I've ever seen something that quick. So what was that like? Um, I guess to to win that and, and I guess to the whole season last year, because it was definitely an improvement on the year before, like from a team perspective as well. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sean McCormick did a really um, good job with us girls last year. And I think because some of us girls that weren't actually top age, we're like in the middle around the age, we're turning 18 the next year. So we're only 17 last year. But um, we played footy with each other. We played V-line together. There's about 10 of us, such as like Gemma Finnings, Annabelle Stratton, Elizabeth Snell, Maeve Tupper. Um, and we'll, the next year, then we started playing footy with each other. And then another year, we started playing footy with each other. So we're kind of understanding how each other play. Mm. So I think getting up to, like, last year, how we started playing, you know, started winning more games, I think we just kind of found each other's strengths and used it together. And, we're, yeah, we're in, the, in the midfield, especially when there was, you know, me and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Snell and Maeve Tupper, we just worked really well off each other. And that's a big bonus when you start playing with girls, you know, for a few years, you understand how they play in their ways and that. But um, especially, you know, after the last game last year and straight away getting into the best and fairest count and winning it, I was, I was very surprised because I honestly thought I didn't play as well as I should have in the last game. So I kind of thought like, oh yeah, nah, no hope here, you know, kind of thing. But um, finding out that I won it was... I was, yeah, the way I acted when I, I just nearly started crying, to be honest with you, because then I actually found out that I made Vic Country that night as well. So I was just, there was so many emotions going through me, so many thoughts going through my head, and I just built up with all, like, this happiness and, like, emotional, and it was just, yeah, it was just something that I'll just never forget, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and from that perspective, like, the Bendigo improvement, obviously, like sort of in that 2018 year, you, you had a, a fair few heavy losses. And then last year, I think the one that sort of sticks out was the uh, one at Epson Huntley where you pretty much, I, I can't remember how much it was, but it was by a lot against Gippsland, like 11, 12 goals. And I think Elizabeth Snell kicked like five or something like that. Um, what yeah, was that like? Six goals, yeah, yeah, six goals. Yeah, okay. Better, better correct that in case she listens. And yeah, I knew it was quite a few. Um, so like, what was, uh, what was that like? Um, after being on the receiving end of some of those kind of results to actually, I guess, be the one giving it out? Oh, it was amazing. And obviously because the Benigo Pioneer Girls, I think we're known to like be a team to never give up because we do lose a fair bit. And I think because we're just such like a country kind of team and we always get younger girls to come up so we can build them up and get them through that system as, as, soon, as, as soon as possible. So I think, you know, especially for Snelly, like that was, that was an amazing game, an amazing day for her, especially. Um, it was such a good achievement for her because I think she also needed it in a way to like lift her up because as soon as she started kicking those few goals, that just lifts our whole team up and just improves us as a whole. And then, yeah, games next to come, then we all are still so positive because, you know, obviously after losing so many games and then that just randomly happening, it just lifts our whole team up and makes it a more of a positive environment. Beautiful. And kind of more looking towards, or I, su I suppose 
casting your mind back a bit in terms of going from your preseason into games, what was that like? Was there anything different this season than there was to previous seasons? Um, it was, it was pretty much the same, but, um, I reckon I was a little bit, even in pre-season, I think I was a little bit cautious of this year to come because obviously this is the last year for us top age girls to really showcase our talent and to prove that we are good enough to try and, you know, reach that elite level. Um, so I think there was a lot more nerves in pre-season to like, you've got to be so fit, you've got to be this amount of fitness to be able to, you know, feel how good as I felt last year when I was playing. Um, and I think that's, that came over my head a fair bit, just, you know, knowing this is my last year and every game I play, it's going to be like, that's one game less, that's another game less. And especially in pre-season, it's like you've got to, you know, push as hard as you did as those last couple of years. But it was particularly the exact same. But I think just knowing that this was the last year to really try and showcase your talent to scout was a little bit of a um, scary moment. But other than that, it was pretty much the same. I suppose, how do you cope with that? Because it can be quite an anxious thing, thinking about, okay, if I don't do this or if this doesn't happen, you know, how do you process that? Yeah, it's, it is, I'll be honest, it is hard to process it because obviously you've still got your school, you've got family and friends, you've got all of that stuff going on. But I think you've really just got to tell yourself, like, I'll take one game at a time. I'll try my hardest on each game. And if I don't play as well as this game, well, I'll just try and pick myself up as much as I can to, to be able to perform at a better better standards in the next game. But it is a little bit, you know, scary and confronting. But I guess those are the things that you're going to have to come across when you are wanting to become, you know, at elite level. And for you, like, obviously getting a leadership role, a co-captaincy, what's that been like for you within the club? Uh, well, it was funny because I actually got a a FaceTime call when they were announcing it from our team manager, Emma Tomlin, when um, Sheree, my head coach for Benigo Pioneers, when she announced it. So I was, I was in Mildura. I just got back from a training and they called me and then she announced it and I was like, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe it because I've only played footy for like a year or two and I was like, oh my God, I'm captain and a co-captain with obviously Annabelle Stratton, which that was like a relief because Annabelle Stratton and I have been playing with Golden Square together as a midfield little duo kind of thing you could call it um, for a couple of years now. So we both were like pretty, pretty good friends. So we both knew that together we would make good captains and try and lead Benigo Pioneer girls, you know, under 18 um, to as many victories as we can. And obviously this year didn't go as well as planned, but I was pretty relieved to know that I had Annabelle Stratton with me as well because she's such a role model herself and she picks people up as much as she can even if they're down and I think that's the thing that we've got in common like there might be some underage girls that are really nervous before the game and we both know that we're that caring that we'll go up to them and make sure they feel comfortable before you know getting out on the field but yeah I was very honoured and um I was actually kind of proud of myself to be honest with you you know only playing footy for a couple of years I was very proud of you know, my achievements and that. I was pretty happy that I got captain. And I think for the last year, that's kind of one thing that I pretty much really wanted because, yeah, I don't know. And unfortunately, I suppose you weren't actually able to captain as many games as, as we would have liked due to um, the COVID-19 outbreak and, and the pandemic stopping sport. So what did you kind of do when you first found out that the season was going to be postponed and, and pretty much cancelled? 
Oh, straight away sent a um, message into the group chat, just telling the girls to not freak out, like everything's going to turn out okay. And just made sure like they knew that they still wanted, like I still wanted them to keep their fitness up. But I also said, this is a time to, you know, focus on yourself, make sure you are recovering, make sure you're looking after yourself and, and all the injuries that you have. Um, but yeah, we all just message into the group chat and just try to keep communicated as much as we could and send positive messages in. And then a couple girls decided they wanted to do like a running, um, running activity kind of thing. I don't even know what it was, but it was like a Facebook, Facebook group account or whatever. But it, um, we split up, we split up our teams into six teams and whoever done the most running in the week wins. So that's how we kind of stay connected. So we're all in groups and I was like the captain of my group and there was like six of us in it. And every day we're sending in what we've done, what exercise we've done, what workouts we've done, just to keep communicated and all that. And obviously because now the, the season has fully cancelled, um, I still do send a fair few messages into the group chat, but all the girls are doing their own things now and, you know, focusing on their school. And what have you sort of been doing, I guess, yourself? You Obviously, aside from exercising, is that what are you sort of been um, really focusing on um, since you haven't been able to play? Like, what is it that you set up for yourself throughout the week, say, for training sessions and things like that, that you do to try and be as ready for, for the draft, or particularly the combine, as possible? Yeah, well, I only played two games for the NAB League um, this year because the third game, I was actually injured. I hurt my hamstring or something happened with my calf and my hamstring or something. But um, so I've taken this, I've taken a few months to just relax and to make sure that's full before I try and push myself any harder. But yeah, as soon as I found out about the drive combine, um, I've been running about three kilometres a day and just doing it. Well, because we also got um, programs from Lee Fraser. He sent out programs when all this pandemic was going on just programs to just follow and like what kind of interval running we want you to do and like weights we want you to do and all those kind of exercises. So I've taken it, you know, different things, like different exercises each, like each out of um, each program and just kind of made my own little program that benefits myself and my body. Um, and I do, yeah, I do weights and like different kind of interval sprinting and training and running every day. Um, mainly after four o'clock because then that's when the weather's coming down a bit because it's starting to get a bit hot in Mildura. Um And all my, all my school's finished then. So, yeah, after four o'clock, I always go for my three-kilometre run and my workout and then just rest after that. Gosh, that's an impressive feat. Three-kilometre run, workout, school, everything all at once. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can get a bit much, but I'm just going to put my head down because you only got, you know, like you said earlier today, not long left and I just want to make sure I can give my all and show showcase some of my talent that I have. And I suppose, what are some of your main goals for the future? Main goals for the future, I would like to get into a uni and do a uni course because I do um, love, obviously love my sport and I love kids. So like PE teaching is more where I want to go. Um, I think majority of the girls who are doing the draft combine do want to get picked up. So obviously I'm one of those girls that do want to try my hardest to get drafted and picked up from a team and hopefully be good enough. Um, but also just finishing year 12 off and passing year 12 and getting like graduate and then, you know, hopefully get accepted into a uni on that and 
hopefully footy works itself out and, you know, I, I find out that I'm good enough to be, you know, at that top level. Um, but if not, there's obviously other pathways such as trying to get into a VFL team or all that. But um, at the moment, I just want to make sure I've got my schooling, you know, down pat and that I'm going well with that and hopefully footy um, goes well too. Yeah, and from your perspective, what do you sort of see as the um, the strengths in your game and some of the things you're looking to improve on? Well, the strengths in my games, I think I'm a very defensive player, which can be a good thing and a bad thing because you kind of want to be equal to both. You want to be a more of attacking, more of attacking and a defensive player. But um, as you've mentioned already, um, Peter, that my average tackle is about ten tackles a game, so I'm a very I like to tackle, and I think a lot majority of people know that that I, I love a tackle, and um, but I also love to try and win the ball for my team, and and I think a lot of people know that I'm resilient, and I'll and I'm determined to always, you know, try my hardest each game, and and even if I do do something wrong or I see someone do something wrong, you always go up to them and give them a pat. So I think that I just bring, you know, resilience and um, determination to the game, and to just, you know, always keep trying my hardest to to do anything I can as a player and as an, as an individual and, you know, just trying to, you know, do my best as I can. Beautiful. Well, is, you were saying that those are some of your strengths. What is there anything you're hoping to particularly work on? Well, obviously I'm a um, new, uh, like a new person to footy. Um, probably more so my kicking on both feet as well. So I've been practicing my left a lot and my right, just my accuracy. Um, Dad even built up this mesh looking thing and cut a hole in it just to try and kick the ball through the hole like every day and all that, um, just to try and get so like accuracy through my kicks, um, which is a big thing that you obviously need in football because kicking is one of the major um, skills that you, you do need. So I think, yeah, my kicking is probably a big key factor in that. Definitely. And, and I mean, I guess we've, we've sort of wrapped up uh, from that perspective of, of your strengths and improvements and you've sort of mentioned your goals and, and whatnot. And um, I guess what we'll do now is sort of run through some of the players that um, did get invites to the combine. Um, obviously, just quickly wrapping up the, the season, if, if I guess you really want to call it that. It was three rounds. Um, obviously, only three teams went undefeated in Northern Oakley and GWV and probably Danny Nong were one of the bigger improvers um, beating Calder and Eastern. Um, as you mentioned, you only got a couple of games, uh, Brooke, but uh, I guess if we sort of run through some of the academy players, we'll throw it to you for, for some of them and, and just get your thoughts on them from what you know on field and from what you've seen perhaps off field when you've watched them. Um, we'll start with uh, Tyana Smith, who obviously is one of big country's top prospects this year. Yeah, Tyana Smith, she is a very talented player. Played with big country with her last year. I actually thought she was a top age because I was like, Jesus, like, you're quick and everything. You know, she's very athletic. I thought she was top age, but I found out she was only my age. And I was like, oh, my goodness. She, yeah, she's remarkable. But um, I think that she, her disposal, I saw her disposals not long ago. And they're very, very high. So she must be a really ball winner. And I saw Vic Country last year that she was, you know, played on the wing. And she was one of our biggest ball winners. And I think just the speed that she brings, you know, she would bring to any team is probably a big positive and a big tick for her. But um, and I think the ability to be able to chase down the opposition and win, turn the ball over is one of her big key factors here. And I 
and off the field, I can just tell that she's a fierce competitor and she's just as nice girl to hang around and, yeah. Well, perfect. That was pretty much the notes that I had down, so I don't need to do anything. I was just about yeah. to say you got that. Yeah, really I know. That was, it was like, everything. I, I, I didn't give you any notes and you pretty much just you <laughs> read the mind that I had there. So that's, that's perfect. That's probably the advantage we've got with you here. Like, I don't need to read out the stuff, yeah. but... Very, very good. Um, so um, what we'll do is we'll move on to, there's a couple of um, Geelong Falcons, obviously, that we'll go through now. Um, Darcy Maloney and Laura Gardner. Now, um, they're obviously slightly different players, but predominantly they're both midfielders. What do you uh, see of them? Well, Darcy, I met Darcy Maloney last year. And I think I, I became one of her best, like she became one of my best friends. I became one of her best friends. I think she just, as a, just a person, she's very nice and she's very caring. Um, obviously, I didn't get picked for one of the games down in Gold Coast and she was there for me. She made sure I was okay and all that. But even on the ground, you can just tell that she just never gives up. She tries her hardest at all times. Um, and when she has a ball, she executes it, executes it so beautifully and nicely and doesn't really muck up very often. But um, even if she does, she can drop her head a little bit, but she knows to pick it right back up and um, just to keep moving forward, which I admire that and I look up to her for that. And moving into the Rebels, you've got Maggie Karras as well. What do you see of her? She's very tall, isn't she, Maggie <laughs> Karras? She's a very tall player. But um, she's, she's the exact same as Renee, Renee Salidas as well. Because they're, both, they're both obviously like really good friends and they play in the same team and that. But um, I find that they're both kind of similar, obviously not in height, but just in a person. They're just, they're both, Obviously, majority of footballers, they don't give up and all that, but they're really dedicated to football. Like, they are that committed that they will go to further extents that you wouldn't think they would, if that makes any sense. But um, I think she, Maggie Carroll, she's a very strong player, not just down in her legs, but even up in her arms. She can take very nice marks. And when she does get it, she uh, kicks it a fair way, obviously, with her long giraffe legs. But... um. Yeah, I think she just she's a very talented player and will go very far in the um, oncoming years. And the other Rebels uh, player there's Isabella Simmons. Um, now she's obviously that mid mid forward, but like predominantly she's sort of the size of the forward. Like she's I looked today and it's just a one eighty four, which I was a bit surprised at because she does play that can play wing as well. So does that make it difficult when say you're lining up on someone that might be there if she comes into the midfield and she's so tall or? Yeah, it kind of does, but obviously they would. It's 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 smart from the coach to obviously put a taller girl in the midfield, like as Isabella Simmons. But um, that's where you can try and beat them at ground balls because yeah, they can mark, they can you know get the ball up high, but it takes longer for them to be able to bend down and actually get down to the ground and you know to win the ball off the ground. So I think that's where it's it's good to have like your May Tupper in our team, who she's very very small but she's very, very hard at the ground and wins a lot of ground, um, ground balls. So, but yeah, it is smart to have a tall girl in the midfield. Um, last year, Isabel Simmons, she was in the, yeah, like you said, she was, a, you know, a tall forward um, and she can take remarkable, remarkably marked. So it's good to, you know, good to have her. And kind of going on that similar style in, t in terms of being able to take big marks and things like that, you've got the likes of Olivia Barber plays for the, for the Bush Rangers, how do you rate her game? She's very smart, I reckon. I reckon she can read the play very beautifully. I think just 
even though she's down in that forward, she's very focused and she watches the ball when it comes down to when it nearly gets to her end where she needs to start, you know, obviously leading or something. But as you see in last year um, for Vic Country, she leads that strongly that she does take the ball out in front and grabs it, takes her time back and can kick a goal and kick it straight. Like, she, yeah, she's a very um, smart player and her game sense is very smart, the way that she moves around and, you know, keeps her play behind her and she's always in front. Like, you barely, rarely ever see her behind a player. So she's very smart when it comes to that and she knows when she needs to go. Now, Pete, can you talk to us a little bit about Megan Fitzsimmons and what her game style is like and what she brings to the table? Yeah, so she's uh, so that inside midfielder who plays for Gippsland Power, you know, uh, had some big country experience in the past, but um, predominantly through that uh, inside midfield. And obviously Gippsland struggled a bit the last sort of 18 months, but she's been a, a real reliable force through that midfield. Um, so she's someone who, you know, had been a top AG AFL Women's Academy, had um, can play off halfback as well. So someone else who uh, really stands out, um, I think, for that power outfit and sort of been a shining light in that regard. And Brooke, you'd know Gemma Finning's game just about inside out by now. Yeah. What do you think is so such a prominent p- a part of her gameplay? Well, she's kind of like me in a sense. She is very defensive. She can lay a very hard tackle, but I think her attacking um, game can come into play pretty early, and she can actually win a lot of ball off of like half back. Um, we did, or oh, Sheree, my head coach, she did um, play Gemma Finning through the midfield and a bit back and a bit forward. So she can play realistically anywhere. So she can lay a hard tackle. She can also take a nice mark and she can also win the ball off of the ground. So I think she's a good key player to have just to be, you know, running around anywhere because she can play any role. But, um, yeah. And, and you also mentioned your, your co-captain there in Annabelle. Um, what do you sort of see with, like her, like you obviously said you've played for so long. So what, what is it about her game that really stands out and that's so impressive? Well, Annabelle Stratton, she's a very committed and a strong leader. Like she's played through the midfield and a bit in the back line, um, which she can win off. She can win the ball in the back line, kick it forward, and then she'll be running her heart out and then she'll get it again and then she'll kick it in the forward. So she's, she's very fit in that kind of sense. Um, she puts it, yeah, she can put her head down and she can win it for her team. She can execute it very nicely. I think as a leader that Annabelle brings to our team, that she's very energetic at the same time and she can crack a lot of jokes as well. So she's a very funny player. Um, and she can also, especially for the, like I mentioned before, like the younger girls, you know, being a bit nervous for the first game. She's a very nice player, like a nice captain to just get around them and to make them feel very comfortable. But Annabelle and I, a lot of people say, like, we're a bit of a duo, you know. We work off each other and we've played, you know, with each other for about two years now um, in the midfield. But I think that she's a, she can be a very good midfielder and a very good um, back pocket player as well because she's got very strong hands and she's very um, – her upper body is very, you know, strong. So she can take really nice, easy marks and kicks the execute, like, executes her kick and normally hits a, a um, target. Yeah, and the other, I guess, taller player who played for Vic Country last year, Daniel Stingray's uh, fullback, Zoe Hill. Um, in terms of, I guess, key position players, there's, there's a few in this group, um, but she plays uh, sort of that fullback role. Uh, what, what kind of experience can she played up there did you have with her? And, and what, you know, what did you like about her game? 
Um, she brings a lot to the table. I think she's very, like I said, the exact same with Annabelle Strathen. She's very strong upper body. She can um, hold herself, you know, to the ground and take a really nice, easy mark. And I think she's just another player that, you know, pushes herself to the limit and always tries and does her best for not just herself, but for the team as well. And as soon as, yeah, as soon as she gets it, she always, you know, turns around, you know, takes a few steps back and looks everywhere. She doesn't just look, you know, she's a very selfless player is what I'm trying to get at. She doesn't just grab it and just go, yep, radio, I'll, I'm going to just try and kick this or I'm going to try and do this for herself. She's a very selfless player and um, she puts, you know, obviously others before herself, which I admire that. Definitely. And, and, I mean, we'll talk about a couple of other tools um, that played Vic Country last year. Um, so a couple of Gippsland Powers, Shannara Notman and Nakia Weber. Um, what, what is it about them that you've uh, really liked? Well, Shannara Notman, um, I became good friends with her because I was in the same room as Sophie Locke, who um, played for Murray Bush Rangers. Um, so I became, you know, pretty good friends with Shannara Notman. But I think she's just another key player that you, you'd like to have because, in Vic Country last year, she was playing forward and then we put her in the ruck and she just tries her hardest at any position she gets thrown at. Like, even if she's not even used to playing in, you know, in the ruck and coming up against girls that are well and truly taller than her, she obviously looks at them and goes, well, goodness me, they're a bit tall, but she'll have a crack and just back herself and, you know, just does it, you know, selflessly. Like, she'll just do it because she knows that she has a job and she needs to try her hardest to do it. But, um, yeah, she's another player that I look up to 100% and I became pretty close to her last year as well. So I'm privileged to, you know, I've met so many girls like her last year with the Vic Country under-18 girls. And then we've got another overager in, in Luca Lasoski. Hey, how, do, how have you perceived her game? Well, when I started, um, so last year with Vic Country, when um, I was getting named to be into the midfield, she was also in the midfield slash wing kind of area. So if I, you know, didn't understand anything that, like, my coach Astro kind of said, or I was really too nervous and I just wasn't listening properly or something like that, I'd always go straight to her and she would always comfort me and go, hey, this is what she really wants you to do. Try and do this. So she was a very, even off the ground, she was a very positive person and, um, and I think that's people that you want to be around, especially, you know, getting to the big country, you know, elite level. You'd want to have those pe- people around you that will help you no matter what and won't just look at you and just go, well, you should have, you know, you should know. You know what I mean? But um, her game, she's a very strong and another fierce competitor. She will get, she'll get on her hands and knees and she'll do whatever she can to get that ball and get it out and try her hardest. Um, and she's another girl that I obviously look up to and um, she has a very big bright future ahead of her. For sure and we'll just sort of run through the last few that um, obviously a, a few of these are new to the uh, I guess the program of the elite level this year so obviously haven't played with Brooke in the uh, in the past so um, obviously a couple of the first years um, Jess Matten who's a small forward with uh, X Factor for Danny Nong she's uh, one that's been included on the list um, her teammate and captain of Stingrays in Abby Jordan who's um a, a winger who can play half back or half forward. So she's another one that's uh, made it onto the combine list. Uh, and then uh, Nikia Weber, we briefly mentioned before, elite kick, um, did play big country in the past. Um, unlucky not to go last year. And then there's also uh, Alice Asprey, who played in 2018 and then didn't play last year, came back now as an overager, only got the one game in, but um, was pretty impressive against the Jets in that game. So she's also earned a combine invite. So that's um, 
pretty much the lot of the Vic Country group. Um, so, like, obviously, there's a there's a nice mix there. Um, Brooke, in terms of your thoughts, uh, who do you sort of see as the the top country player, or, or maybe the top couple of country players there? Well, Tiana Smith, as we've already spoken to about, um, plays for Dean on Stingrays, number twenty one. Obviously, I said before, her disposal her disposals are very high. Um, but her speed and her willingness to win the ball and get it off as, as soon as she can. And if she mucks up, she goes at it again. So her second efforts are really high up. And I think that's like a key thing that a lot of AFLW clubs look at. And I think she'll go pretty high in the, um, um, the draft. But um, in the draft combine, she's also a very fit player. Like she keeps herself very fit. So I think she'll do very well in the testing. Um, Ellie McKenzie from Vic Metro. She's another player, plays in Northern Knights, number 21. Um, I think she's a very strong opponent. Um, and her game smarts to kick a 45 without even doing much thinking is a big key to her ability that she can execute perfectly to a player. Um, I think she also is a very, you know, rough player, as we all know. Um, if, I don't know if you saw last year, we're in the midfield and I think, oh, I think, yeah, our coach, Astro, kind of goes, someone needs to get on Ellie McKenzie. Like, obviously, she can just ring, run laps around anyone. So I was like, I'll try, I'll have a go. So I kind of went up to Gangster and, I, and the ball hasn't even been thrown up yet. And I'm giving her a little bit of a nudge, you know, trying to get underneath her skin. And she just looks at me and just pushes me. So a little nudge and then straight away, like she will give you a bigger nudge back. But I think that's like a big thing to have. Like she's there and she's like, don't, obviously don't mess with me, but she'll just show you that I am a strong player. You can't get underneath my skin. I can win the ball. And I think she'll go very high in the, in the um, draft picks. Um, and I think everyone knows that she's a very talented 18-year-old footballer. Well, I definitely think if you've got a, a bright future ahead of you, if not, you could definitely get into media of some sort because your footy brain is just amazing. You've got so much knowledge in there. With, you've literally pretty much read our minds from start to finish, so much information about the way p- players play, which has just been phenomenal so thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today Brooke that's all about that's about all we have for today so thank you to Brooke and thank you to chief editor Peter Williams for joining us no worries good to be here yeah thanks for having me no problem anytime and for the most comprehensive coverage on the AFL women's draft prospects head to afl.draftcentral.com.au or our social media pages draft central AUS or Draft Central Oz on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next week, we'll have part two of our NAB League Girls AFLW Draft Series, taking a look at all the Vic Metro prospects. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll tune in next week.